Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. The service. So glad that you're here. I think we've I've met all of you, but if I haven't met, my name is Andrew, and with my wife, um, Beck, we are privileged to lead City Lights Church. Did you survive the week? It seems like a distant memory, but it was very hot this week. Is anyone still recovering? You're okay, you've got your Gatorade on, and you've cooled down, but I, we are so delighted that you are here and are sharing your Sunday with us. Now, today is the last week of our series, which is called My Bad Church Experience. And this has been a great series. I've had a lot of fun, which is important, I I think, to me. And uh, we've shared a couple of different stories. But today we are finishing. And uh, I want to start with this, the porcupine problem. We're going to talk about the porcupine problem. Here's what happens. A group of porcupines is put out into the cold in winter in North America. And as these group of porcupines begin to get cold, they start to seek warmth from each other. But something happens. Whenever they get close to each other, their quills start to stick into each other And there is a painful reaction. And so the porcupine problem is this. They have a need for warmth to keep them from the cold. But also they realise when they get close to each other, they start to hurt each other. This is called the porcupine problem. I would also say that this is one of the key problems that people, you and I, humans, have. We have a desire for meaningful relationships, for a relational warmth. Now, in this, I'm not talking, I'm not just talking to the extroverts, I'm not just talking to the huggers, I'm not just talking about a massive group hug where everybody loves each other. That's part of it, but I'm talking about everyone has a desire for meaningful relationships of some kind. Everyone has a desire for someone to know them, value them, treat them well, to have a meaningful relationship which builds them up. Everyone has a desire. It looks different for everyone. But the the porcupine problem is the problem that we humans have is that when we become to get close to each other, we start to hurt each other. And so we're in this conundrum or in this kind of uh, situation that we've got to balance this this need for that relational warmth, but also the desire not to hurt each other. Does anyone know what a group of porcupines is called? A group of porcupines is called a prickle. (laughs) This is true. And guess what? As people, we are in a prickle. We are in this situation. Now, I know that we're not just talking theory here. 
everybody, I guarantee everybody in this room has had a friendship or a relationship of some kind that has hurt them. And when you've gotten close to someone, even someone that loves you, they have hurt them. And, and there's all kinds of depths of different relationship and there's all kinds of different hurt. And this is the human problem. But I would also say it is the problem, it is a problem in the church. It's the same problem. And so we have a desire to have meaningful relationships with each other. But when we get close to each other, we get a little bit hurt. And sometimes we can look like pirates or prisoners of war being in church. Sometimes we've got a patch on our eye and someone says, what happened to your patch? And why don't you have a leg? And just say, well, I've been in church. A prickle poked my eye out. You should meet him. He's over there. Or her or whatever. And so sometimes we carry this damage, but the converse is true as well, is that at times uh, the result is that we can become lone rangers or left out in the cold. Because instead of going up close and getting the pain and getting the scars... We can say, no, it's, it's too dangerous, I'm going to stay here or I'm going to create a version, like a, I'm going to solo pilot my Christianity or sometimes people kind of push others away but also then they don't feel connected. And it's a, it's a real thing in our churches. It's also a thing in everybody's life. So we are in a prickle. This idea of the porcupine problem, it was actually called the hedgehog dilemma. And it was first proposed, the illustration, by a German philosopher in 1851. His name, I don't know how well my German pronunciation is here, Arthur Schopenhauer. Ha. Ha. I practiced that. I don't know if I nailed it. His conclusion coming out of what I call the porcupine problem, what he called the hedgehog dilemma, which has been adapted by other psychologists in different ways, is that we should just work out how we can get that perfect relationship, distance in the relationship through politeness and kindness in order to kind of get this balance. So it's saying he's essentially saying that having meaningful relationships with other humans is a practical impossibility, but we should just kind of calibrate ourselves to kind of be polite and kind and go through. Jesus had a different idea. He had a radically different idea. And Jesus said this. He's uh, John, chapter 13. He's preparing his disciples that he's going to leave the earth. He's instructing his disciples. And he says this thing. It's quite unusual. He says, a new command I give to you. 
a new command. What's he talking about when he talks about a command? Because he was talking to, his, he was Jewish, his disciples were Jewish. They had all the commands of Moses. And uh, you can find out a little bit more about that as you start to read the Bible, the, the commands for living. But he said a new command. When he says a new command, he talks about something that is inward going out, something that is written on the heart. All right, so that's, that's the difference between a command of Jesus. Moses commands external, external Im, externally imposed. Jesus commands from the inside out. And he says, a new command I give you, love one another. Love one another. That's a little bit challenging, isn't it? Because have you ever tried to love anyone without hurting them? Have you ever had a relationship even your closest relationship, probably even the healthiest relationship that you have. You tried to love someone and you've hurt them unintentionally. It's the porcupine problem. So Jesus says, I want love one another, but not only that, I want you to love them in the same way that I love you too. Now, this is interesting because John 13 starts with the story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. So they come to a meal. A servant is supposed to wash the feet, but there is no servant. So Jesus adopts the posture of a servant and he humbles himself. And we are not just talking about um, washing the feet after we've taken the shoes off. We are talking about people who are wearing sandals and walking on dusty roads in which animals walk on. So there was no doubt have been um, excrement of all different kinds all different colors on these feet. So this is not a pleasant job. This is a job that the servant should do. Do you know who else Jesus washes in this scene? John 13, he washes the feet of the man who betrays him and arranges for his torture to death. But he knows that this person is going to do it. So you're connecting. So he gets down, he humbles himself, not just with people who love him, but someone who hates him and wants him to die, but doesn't just want him to die just a normal death. He wants him to die an excruciatingly painful death and this person who betrays him for money. So Jesus says, my new command that I give you, I want you to love one another in the same way that I love you. The same way. And this is the kicker at the end. He says, this is how people will know you are my disciples if you love one another. So this series that we're talking about is a series on the church. And it's a series on us becoming the church that Jesus intended. Church is not just a place you go to. Church is something that we become. It is a relational gathering where people are growing spiritually and ministry active. This is the church that Jesus had in mind. And so he says, if, how will other people know from the outside looking at us, how will they know whether we're doing and becoming the church that Jesus intended for us. And he says, if you love one another. 
So another way to say it is, you know that thing that nobody can do, which is have a meaningful relationship without hurting someone else? I want you to do it. And in fact, the success of the church from people outside in, how they will view it is based on that. Thanks, Jesus. Why don't you give us the impossible to do? Now, here's what Jesus didn't say. Jesus didn't say, here's how you know that I'll be, you're my disciples. Now, disciple was a Jewish word. It was a word that the Apostle Paul in the letters didn't use. He used different language. And a lot of the language that he used was family language. So how will people know that you belong to me? How will people know that you are connected to me? How will people know that you are part of my family? That you are sons and daughters of God? They will know if you love one another, which is massive. Think about that for a moment. That's how we will know. It's an amazing, amazing idea. Here's what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say, Here's how people will know if you love everybody. He wants us to do that, but he said the determining factor, the distinguishing factor is whether or not you love each other. Let me give you a couple of reasons why I think that Jesus was saying this and why it's so important for us to take on this challenge. And then we're going to talk about how we can do that. One of the key reasons that Jesus said, love one another, the idea of one another is the idea of reciprocity. Okay? So I, this is my dad down the front, John. I am showing love in different ways to him as part of the church. He is showing love to me. So we are both giving and receiving love. Do you know if you want to understand God, three persons in one, Father, Son, and Spirit, that's probably the best way that you can understand this mutually giving and receiving love. That's the Trinity, three persons. Some people call it the divine dance with each preferring each other. This is a a picture. God is relationship. He did not invent relationship. Because three persons, right? He is relationship. He is not a single solo God that says, I'm going to conceptually um, create this idea of relationship. He didn't say that. He said, I am relationship. And actually, I want to invite you, in even as imperfect as it may be for you, currently, wherever you are, I want to invite you to experience what it's like. I want to invite you closer to this relationship. And so part of the reason that it's so important is we begin, when we begin to learn how to do it, learn the ways of God, learn the ways of the Spirit and flow in this way, we get a greater understanding of God. The other reason is it's sustaining. So if we're in relationships where we're always giving, always giving, always giving, have you got one of those? You probably have. You're always giving and never receiving. How sustainable is that? 
But church and the community of believers should be both of those things. Last week, I talked about the importance of us being filled up to flow out. The presence of the Holy Spirit, filled up, flow out. It's the same relationally. Church should be a place where we are both filled up and we flow out. It's not the only place that we do that, but it should be a place that's sustainable. Part of the key to this is learning how to receive. And sometimes we can be really good at giving, but when someone wants to give to us, maybe a a compliment or an encouragement, we put the shields up. But learning to receive in local church communities, exceptionally important to be the beneficiaries, not only just to give generosity, but to receive generosity. So, so important. So that's the other reason. Here's another reason. Have you ever walked into a room or into a place where people hated each other and you felt it and you thought, wow, I really want to hang out there. (laughs) You know what? I'd love to go there regularly. You don't want to go. I don't want to go. Who wants to go to a place? You've been there. I reckon you could probably think of a place where you walked in and nobody said anything, but you thought, these people hate each other. Maybe it was a workplace. Maybe it has been part of your church experience at some stage. Maybe it was a a family gathering or, or some kind of party or some kind of friendship thing. Who wants to do that? Who wants to sign up for that? That sounds like an awful idea. That sounds terrible. Nobody wants to do that. When we go to a place, we want the opposite. This is part of my beautiful wife's story when she walked into church when she was about 20 years old or 21 years old. No church history, no church background. She walked into the place And she thought, something is different here. She could feel it. People were smiling. You could tell that people liked being there and they liked each other. Can we agree that that's really important in a church? That not only you like people, but they like you back? This is what it means to one another, each other. And so if we want to take on the challenge of Jesus and say, Jesus, we want to be the church that you intended us to be. If we want to do that, then we've got to begin to understand what that looks like. So I don't know if you've ever done a study into what does the church look like based on the New Testament? So what does the New Testament encourage us to do? And no, it's not One fast song, one medium song, and a slower song. (laughs) All right? It's not harps. It's not um, a certain type. It's not even a certain language. The Bible, the New Testament says, yeah, you should preach the Bible. You should read the Bible. It doesn't say how long for or in what style. It says you should take communion, but it doesn't say how often you should take communion. Uh, It says that you should sing, but it doesn't say what type of songs that you should sing. 
there's incredible room for creativity, for expression, and also, I think really important, is to meet people and connect with people so that you can lead them forward in their journey with Jesus and their journey and community. So there's a number of different things that the Bible talks about in the New Testament, but the main thing that the New Testament talks about in local church, the main thing that you and I should do, I'll summarize it this way, the primary encouragement of the New Testament is that we should one another, one another. Because here's why. Let me explain this statement first. In the New Testament, we've got this statement, love one another. In the New Testament, there are 100 statements saying that we should one another, others, in 97 verses. So the vast, vast encouragement for local church is, it, is that it should be a place where we one another, one another. Now, a third of these 100 are about loving one another. A third are about unity. About one in every six is about humility. And then we've got a whole bunch of other ones that cover all different things. What we have is a blueprint, is a pattern, are ideas and instructions and even commands on how we should treat each other and how to repair damage if we've made it. Here's some simple ones. You know these. Forgive one another. Love one another. Bear with one another's burdens. You know them. They're there. Be gracious towards one another. Be tolerant. Make allowances for one another's mistakes. Who wants to be in a place where you can make a mistake without someone going nuclear on you? I want to I be in that place. This is what it means to love one another. Now, I'm not saying that we don't, that this is a guarantee that you won't get hurt. Okay? This is, this is not that. But this, if you follow this, this is a, a guarantee that if you hurt someone, that you can learn how to heal the hurt, that they can, you can be truthful to one another and say, hey, did you know that when you did that, you poked my eye out? Do you know that when you did that, you didn't have the effect that you thought you'd have? You begin to tell the truth to one another. And so it's this idea that we can be in proximity, that we can have the value of meaningful relationships because meaningful relationships are at the heart of the church. If you want a, a church without relationship, in the New Testament, it doesn't exist. If for whatever reason and COVID, we are sitting at home watching a screen, that is good for our spirits, but that is not church. Church is where we are face-to-face, that we develop meaningful relationships, and by one one anothering one another, those relationships begin to look like Jesus intended. They are healthy. They are safe. 
They are whole. They are redeemed. And through obeying Jesus and following the word of God in the New Testament, we are able to do this. We are able to have these type of relationships. Now, for us as a church, we're in the early stages of this church. One of the things that has been on our heart since the very beginning. So uh, Beck and I, one of the key reasons that we started this church is we wanted it to be a place of meaningful relationships. And I don't know what your experiences with this church is, but I hope that that forms part of your experience with this church. That's part of what we think is important in the scripture and what is in our hearts. Now, from the beginning, we have realized that uh, to do this well, we are going to need to have some different environments other than the Sunday meeting to do this well. That we can practice one anothering one another and we can form meaningful and trusted relationships over time. And that is our heart for our church. And that's why today we are launching officially connect groups in the life of our church. Now, some of you, this might be old news for you uh, because we wanted to do that with some momentum. So we've got a bunch of uh, groups that have been already operating and also a couple others that are new and about about to start. So this is a very, very meaningful time. So connect groups, this next statement, Uh, on the screen is coming up. I think it's there. Connect groups, this is our heart, are inviting spaces where significant relationships are built and people thrive spiritually. Do you know, I want to encourage you, I want to remind you that the only way, not just the best way, but the only way to grow spiritually is in relationship with other people. In fact, someone else's prickle or someone else's pain that you feel is usually the catalyst that you need to turn to Jesus to overcome that, whether that's through forgiving them, receiving forgiveness, telling them the truth. This is part, a massive part of how we grow. Here's what is sometimes what I'd call a big trap, and I see this a lot. In our Western mindset, we think that learning is equivalent to spiritual growth. If you just learn the Bible, uh, in the the book of James, it says that's a great deception. If you just uh, think or if you just learn something but don't actually do anything about it, James says you are deceived. What is he saying? He says we need to create environments where we can encourage one another to live what we learn. We can encourage one another. Over time, we can uh, begin to be vulnerable in, in safe and trusted environments. And we can say, hey, what's going on? How can we take what we're learning about, how can we take what we're reading, how can we take what we're listening to, how can we take what is shared and how can we encourage each other to put, uh, to put the rubber to the road to get traction on that? 
And I want to encourage you, that is a massive, massive understated part of spiritual growth, that we do that in community and we do that with relationship. So, uh, practically, I want to uh, invite to the stage uh, a couple of people. The first people that I want to invite is uh, Matt and Gwendy, and uh, they've got... She's making her way. Don't don't look. Don't don't in look. No, don't look. No, I'm joking. She's coming from the the playpen. They've got little Jonas. He's one of the amazing little champions here. So we wanted to introduce this wonderful couple. Uh, they're Canadian. Jonas is Aussie Canadian. Canadian Aussie. How are you, mate? Do you want to say anything? Good. He's got a gift. So uh, we are delighted to announce that um, Matt and Gwendy are going to be uh, overseeing our Connect groups. And so uh, what they're going to be doing, one of the big things they're going to be doing is encouraging and supporting our leaders. And also they'll be helping um, to helping you to find a group. We also uh, have today on our website uh, a group finder where the groups are displayed and you can make inquiries about that. Uh, so that is really, really important. And we're also going to invite um, we're going to invite Matt and Nana. Is, yeah, is Matt? He's coming. Okay. Come up the front. Does he, he know? Yes, yes. Yeah, so Matt's out in kids. Uh, did you? You want to go and grab him? Okay, that's good. So um, whilst uh, they're coming, this is all good, we're family here. Whilst they're coming, we, we want to let you know that there are a whole bunch of different groups at different times. So we've got men's groups, ladies' groups, uh, mothers' groups. Uh, we've got couples, we've got a uh, young adults group launching as well, and we've also got um, some different groups for youth as well. So there's a whole bunch of different ways that uh, you can get involved at different times. And so this is very, very exciting. I'm going to put you on the spot while we're waiting for Matt. Just want to talk about, just say something to, <laughs> incredibly meaningful and inspired about connect groups or just like in general meaningful and inspired <laughs> uh, about connect groups okay um well we have a few connect groups that have already been running and um I think one of our highlights of last year was that we got to start our own Connect group. And it's been really fun for us to kind of start to experiment and see what works in a Connect group and uh, what doesn't and what we need to work on and to build some deeper relationships with people in the church outside of a Sunday. I think that um, Sundays are great. You get to see people and say hello and talk a little bit about the week. But if you want to get into um, kind of more meaningful relationships, relationships where you help each other grow, then connect groups are a fantastic place to see that happen. Awesome. Thank you very much. That was outstanding. So you did so well. 
I also want to introduce this this wonderful couple. So Matt and Anna, um, they are a wonderful couple. They have three uh, children, wonderful children. So five, two, and one. So uh, we're delighted to announce them as our young families uh, leaders. And who knows that that stage of life is crazy. No. Uh, but it's really important that we can encourage each other. And so in the midst of that, in the midst of all the different things that are going on, uh, we just love these couples and many other couples that are pressing into God and growing and just kind of riding the different waves. So we wanted to uh, let them know. They'll also be starting a Young Families uh, Connect group as well, so you'll be able to find out about that. Why don't you give both of these couples a great hand? Thank you. So we're going to pray for all our leaders next week at Vision Sunday, and Gwendy is going to be up the back, and she can um, answer any questions that you might have about groups and what is coming up. Cool. Here is how I believe we as a church are going to grow. And it is so important that what we do here comes from the inside out. Because if it's just a bunch of stuff, even done with a right heart and a committed heart, it will never last. But God's invited us to a thriving spirituality that comes from the inside out. So that is really, really important. We don't encourage you to grow in groups and to uh, find a group, and that's really, really good. All right. Just before we go, we're just about to finish. Um, I want to invite a wonderful couple to the stage, uh, Dave and Di. And uh, Dave and Di are a wonderful couple in our church, and um, they have served so faithfully in the life of our church. They've been involved, have been traveling from the south side each and every week. And so uh, they've let uh, me know and us know that they're going to be looking for a church closer to them on the south side. And so we wanted to take a moment to honor them. We will miss them. They're always welcome if they, you know, whenever they're uh, over this side of town. Uh, But it's really important for us to honour people that have made a significant contribution um, in leadership, leading others, leading teams. And they have done a bunch of stuff that people have never seen, uh, never noticed, and they've done it for the glory of God. So they also both got to share their stories and their testimonies, and we're so grateful for that. So we want to take a moment to thank you and honour you. We have got a gift for you as well. Yes, and um, yeah, they also just want to super quickly just say thank you, so over to you. Do you want to start, Di? Okay. Yeah, I just, uh, we've been here a year and a half, and we started coming to this church um, from the south side, because I'm doing a bachelor in ministry, and Andrew invited us here so that I could do a prac here. So I want to thank Andrew and Beck firstly for inviting us into your church. And I've had so many opportunities during those six months to uh, try out different ministries, preaching and stuff like that, that I probably wouldn't have had in a bigger church. 
And secondly, I've led a lot of different teams over this year and a half, and I really wanted to thank the people who have been committed on those teams, because obviously I've gotten to know you better than anybody else, and your commitment has been vital to the running of this church, and, and a lot of people don't know about that. So I encourage you all to join some team, no matter what it is, because that's how this church will grow, and that's how it runs. So, And we will miss you all. And um, but we definitely will come and visit. But please pray that God will. We haven't got a church because yeah, because we've been here every Sunday. So, um, but pray that God will lead us to a church that's within a close distance to our home because we want to minister to to our neighbours and those who are within like a five minute radius of where we live and be able to invite them to our local church and not across town half an hour. Sorry, I always talk too much. <laughs> we promised a minute each. So, um, you know, uh, Di was asked to come here to, to do her prac and I really didn't want to come. And at that point, um, you've heard my story, I was, in, I was in burnout and I was quite broken. And if you were here last week and you heard Andrew's sermon about the church being a place of restoring and of healing... Um, that's what this place has been for me. And, um, you know, there's some really special people here that have spoken into my life. <laughs> and I miss you all greatly. And uh, just thank you for this time. Awesome. Thank you. We're going to pray, pray for this couple. We're going, to, we're going to bless them. We are releasing and a blessing and ascending church. And we're so grateful for you. And we're going to keep in contact with you as well. God, we thank you for this couple. Lord, uh, we thank you that they have been here for a season and a reason. And uh, Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing in their life. And also that greater things are, are going to uh, come, Lord, the dreams and the visions that they've had that have been lying dormant. Lord, we thank you that they are activated by the life and energy of the Spirit of God. And so, Lord, we bless them. We send them in peace. We send them in your favor and we honor them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, next week, Vision Sunday, you do not want to miss it. Uh, we are going to have some exciting news uh, and we're going to share our heart for the city and what God has called us to do. So thank you so much for being here. We've got some snacks. Love for you to hang around, say good day to some people and we will see you next week. God bless. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.